I don't know how many of y'all remember Miss Kelly from the last time she was here, but uh, she is from the Foothills Pregnancy Center, and in my opinion, we support a few missions in this church, and this is one of my favorites. As our congregation grows and our finances grow, I would like to see our support for this particular mission grow. So um, you guys clap for her, welcome her. Um, yeah. I, w- I didn't get to be here the last time you were here, and I, I know I missed out because I heard a lot of great things from her, so um, I'm really glad that I get to be here today, and good luck. Let me pray with you just real quick before you start. God, thank you so much for Kelly and what she means to this community, God, and I pray that uh, as she speaks today, God, I pray that uh, every word that she speaks would come straight from you, God, and I pray that uh, we would be a receptive audience, God. Just thank you for her and her mission, God, and I pray it all in your name. Amen. Amen. It's nothing like quite like being prayed over. You know, I, I covet all of that because I'm one of those people who constantly needs prayer. Um, many people think because you work in ministry, well, they've got it all going on. But let me tell you, I woke up this morning, and before my feet hit the floor real good, I'd probably in my mind already made one or two mistakes. Like every day when I'm there in bed thinking about getting up, I'm like going through that, the whole armor of God thing in my mind, you know. I wish there was one that called, was called bridle your tongue. Right? How many of y'all need that? Like, like you're going to be really honest. Like, you wish God had, had give you an equipment called bridle your tongue. Um, I need that, like, every day. And I was sitting there thinking while I go, just don't, just let God speak and don't screw this up. Just don't screw it up. Because these, I know your church loves us. And I know you love me. And I know that you care for the people in Oconee County who desperately need your help. How do I know that? Well, I know that because, number one, you support us financially on a regular basis. And, and that's the biggest way that people say, I believe in you. But today we're going to talk about a little bit more than finances. Because anytime I go into a church where they're already supporting us financially, my question is, how, what's the next step? What's, what's the next level of commitment? You guys are bought in financially. What's the next level of commitment? So today we're going to talk about family. So if you'll just throw that first slide up there for me. Um, this year, everything we're doing at the Pregnancy Care Center really is revolving around this idea of family. Now, I know most of you in this church, but uh, here's what I want to do. Just by a show of hands, how many in here today are related to somebody else who's in here today? Almost every hand in here raised. You know, that's the thing about family especially in the South. And I'm, I'm going to go just a little bit Southern here for just a second. I was born and raised right here in Oconee County. Um, my husband said he tried his best to move me away from here. And you can move somebody geographically out of the South. You can do that. But you never move the South out of them. It's just the way it goes, right? Some of you guys know us who've been here forever. Absolutely born and raised here forever. And family has just forever been a big part of who I am. And it's a big part of what we do at the Pregnancy Care Center. And today I want to explain why. And I want to explain how you can become a bigger part of the Foothills family. Because that's what we are. Every client who comes to visit us, um, every donor who gives to the center, we consider you a part of our family. And why is that? Well, this sign says it all. It says, family, where life begins... And love never ends. Isn't that a great statement? Isn't that a great statement? I'm going to poke fun at the South here for just a second. And as a local, I can absolutely do that. Um, A couple years ago, I got into that thing called Ancestry.com. How many of y'all have looked that up? 
I, I love it. I, I love the fact that I can trace my heritage all the way back to London, England in the 1500s. And there's a picture of my great, 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 many times great grandfather. And you know what? We kind of look alike. It's kind of scary, that genetics thing. We, we can fight it all we want to, but it really does exist. And what I discovered with my family in particular is that we looked less like a family tree and more like a kudzu vine. Now, all of y'all living here knows what kudzu is, right? It's that vine that you can't kill, right? It just keeps popping up everywhere. And kudzu doesn't grow up and have pretty branches. What does it do? It crosses over, right? You can't tell one piece from another. Well, that's my family. I'm just going to tell you. I moved out of South Carolina to find a husband because I just wasn't sure. Who am I kin to? How many of y'all heard that in the South? And see, my mom and dad, they would take me places, and everywhere I'd go, I was introduced to a cousin or somebody who was related to me. And I was like, if I stay in this place, I will never, ever, ever find somebody who's not kin to me because my mama has it down. She's the queen networker. She knew everybody who was related. So, Jaden, I'm sorry. You've got to move out of the state of South Carolina to find a husband. That's just how it is. I want you to go to that next slide for me. I do want to introduce you to my family today. I love my family. Uh, that beautiful little girl in the middle there, that's Jaden Ross. She's my daughter, and she's a miracle. Uh, why am I so passionate about life? Because at the age of 25, I was told I would never have children of my own. Uh, my husband and I had already been married for four years at that point in time, and we were told that we would never have kids of our own. And I recognize every time I go into a church and speak, there are people dealing with both ends of the life issue, right? There are people who desperately want to have children and who have never been able to. And there's the people who have had children and have made that grave mistake of having an abortion. And I recognize that there are people in the room that are in both ends of the spectrum. And I was on that end, that it just wasn't happening for Tom and I. But we followed God back to South Carolina at the end of 2000. And before the end of 2001, we found ourselves pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, how'd that happen? Yeah, I wasn't really sure. It wasn't supposed to happen. But Jaden's 14 now, and she is absolutely a young woman on fire for the heart of the Lord. And that's really what we're trying to do at the Pregnancy Care Center. Every client that comes in, we want to tell them about Jesus. You, you see the uh, picture of my husband. He, he considers himself the eye candy of our relationship. That's Tom Ross. Uh, Tom and I will have been married 24 years uh, in April, and if you do the math, that means that we were married when I was 12. Uh, just, just so you know, I'm not going to admit my age here. And there's pictures of my mom and my dad and my sister and all of the people who have had a part in forming my life. See, family, you cannot be here without them. Like, none of us today would be here without our families. But here's the truth, sometimes you can't live with them, Right? You wouldn't be here without them, but sometimes it's very difficult to live with them. But man, I wouldn't have it any other way, right? And I can kind of make fun of my family. My family, we, we were doing dysfunctional back in the 70s before that was really a term. Um, my dad had been married previously to my mom, and I have a, a wonderful sister who grew up with us that I'm very close with from his relationship. And I did not know every two weeks she would go somewhere else to stay. And I remember thinking one day, I woke up, I'm like, why can't I go with her? <laughs> why can't I go with her? When she leaves, I want to leave and I want to go with her. And my mom and dad had to begin the process of explaining to me that our family was a little different than most families. 
but I wouldn't trade them for anything. I love my family, even though it wasn't very conventional, even though it wasn't the, the appropriate kind of family for a good southern girl to have. But I couldn't live with them, but I wouldn't be here without them. That's our families, right? Here's the funny thing about family. I can kind of make fun of my family, and I can call them dysfunctional. But if anybody in this room does that to my family, what am I going to do? Y'all start talking bad about my people. What am I going to do to y'all? Right? I'm going to run you out of this building. Me and you are going to have words. Because family, as much as we have this struggle of we, we wouldn't be here without them, but we can't live with them, sometimes there is this fight that happens. Right? And if you talk bad about my family, I'm going to take care of business. Because I love them. And I would not trade them for anything. There's no amount of money that can replace the impact that these people have had on my life. I want you to think about another kind of family. You can go to that next slide. Another kind of family that we all have is a work family. Well, if you work. Uh, If you don't work, you could understand this by understanding you're a part of a church family, right? And if I were to come in here and start talking bad about any member of your church family, y'all are going to take care of me, right? Y'all, y'all are going to run me out of this place. You're going to tell me never to come back. Well, that's the way I feel about my work family. Uh, these, these women that I work with, let me tell you. Now, here's a funny story. Uh, I was in the Army. I served active duty in the military for eight years. And most of the places I served, I was the only woman where I worked. Very common in the military. Uh, then I worked in a church, and I was the only woman that worked on staff in this church. Well, God has a real sense of humor. He sent me to the Pregnancy Care Center, where not only do I work with women all the time, 24-7, we serve women all the time. Now, I've got these guys looking at me with eyes real big. You know where I'm going with this. I love my women I work with, but sometimes they're just women I work with, Okay. And sometimes you just want to, ah. <laughs> and I can talk bad about my girls. I can talk bad about the women I work with. But if you do that, we're going to have a problem. We're going to have a problem because that's my family. And I love my family. I care deeply about them. Uh, we had a great Christmas party. We added a new member to our Foothill staff uh, pregnancy center in January, Jenny Cohenauer and her husband, Michael. They're here with us today. I hope you'll take time to meet them on the way out. The funny thing about adding to your family is you never actually know how that's going to go until it happens. And we're just blessed to have Jenny. Jenny's going to actually be taking care of the entire outreach piece of our ministry because what we realize, in order for us to get busy at doing the thing we want to do at the Pregnancy Care Center, which is end abortion. I I don't know how many of you guys know what we do at the Pregnancy Care Center, but our mission statement says that we exist to glorify God the Creator by protecting and promoting the value of all human life. Every bit of it. I read this article two weeks ago, and I got so fired up. I mean, I was re- literally angered. It talked about how in uh, Sweden, I'm sorry, Belgium, there had not been one child born with Down syndrome in the last 10 years. How many of you guys saw that article? I was angered as I continue to read that article because you know how they're ending Down syndrome? Is they're aborting every child. Every child who they diagnose with Down syndrome in the womb. And they're saying Switzerland's following course. It's the next country to sign up for this kind of plan. Let me tell you, a child with Down syndrome, any of you guys who have been around a child with Down syndrome, there's nothing... There is no human in which we see the power of God more purely manifested than in a child who has Down syndrome. 
the joy of the Lord that is in their heart. And to think that we are saying you don't matter because you're different. You don't count. You don't belong to be in our family because you're different. That's just insanity. And we have got to, in our country, in America, guess what? We'll be the next one signing up for that if we're not careful. And you guys may be sitting here and thinking this is impossible. How could have America gotten to this point? How could we be here where we don't view every human life as important? It's because we view convenience and choice to be more important than the consequence. Now, I will tell you, I'm all about consequences. My daughter will tell you I'm all about consequences. My husband will tell you I'm all about consequences. Let me tell you, there are consequences to doing things outside of God's divine plan. And sometimes those consequences are an unplanned, untimely, or unwanted pregnancy. But make no mistake, the God who authored creation authored that child that is in that womb. There is not one child who's ever been conceived that was conceived outside of the plan of God. We can go back to Psalms 139 and know that that's true. It says, He knit me in my mother's womb. It says, He knew us from before time began and that He took loving care in knitting us together. That's family. You see, we're connected, every one of us. We're connected by something much deeper than our family's DNA. We're connected by the very DNA and hand of God. And I will take that over any other family connection that you can buy me. I would take that over any other amount of money. That song that we sang earlier said, greater than any piece of gold, right? We sang that together as if we really meant it. We're knit together by the hand of God. Today I'm only really going to talk about one scripture and when I was thinking this year about family I was really thinking about the fact that although most of us would fight for our physical families we don't really think about fighting for other people's families we just don't think about it and in a church like yours that's already raised their hand and said we believe in you we're going to help you keep those doors open we're going to sign up to serve clients that's great but sometimes as Christians we even forget we're in a fight, right? We, we forget the essential element. Uh, uh, Ephesians 6.12, you can go to that next slide. This is one of my favorite scriptures. In fact, it's one of the first ones that I ever memorized uh, when I became a Christian. And I want to read this with you this morning. It says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We wrestle not. Here's where we often get our fights mixed up. I think sometimes, number one, as Christians, we forget we're in a fight. We just forget. We get it busy with our everyday... How many of you guys have an everyday, ordinary life? And that life doesn't always include getting up first thing in the morning and just feeling Jesus all over you. Isn't it great when we do that right? You wake up, the birds are singing, the weather's perfect, everything's going just fine, and then your feet hit the floor. That happens, right, from time to time. Sometimes we just forget we're in a fight. But the fight that I want to remind you about today and the fight that we face every day at Foothills Pregnancy Care Center is in that first sentence. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. You see, my fight at the Pregnancy Care Center, it is not against people. 
My fight is for people. I'm fighting for that mom who's made a mistake. And the last thing I want to do is see her follow it up with another mistake and another mistake and another mistake. It's like the lie that you tell. We all tell lies, okay? It's part of being in this human flesh as much as we try not to. I once said in front of a church, I never let the truth get in the way of a good story. (laughs) Probably not the best thing to say in front of the church. But here's the thing. Sometimes we forget the fight that we're in. Remember that whole bridling your tongue thing I mentioned in the beginning? I probably should have just done that just now. (laughs) But we don't fight with people. So many of you guys see people out petitioning at the abortion clinics. So many of you see people holding up signs saying abortion is wrong. So many of you have heard about the, the push to try to make abortion illegal in our country. But here's what I want you to know. I am not fighting that fight. That's not the fight that they've called us to fight at the Foothills Pregnancy Care Center. The fight that they've called us to fight is the fight for people, not against them. The number one thing we can do at the Pregnancy Care Center, the number one thing we can do is help somebody see that we're not fighting against them. We're fighting for them. I've met with many women over the last four years, been at the Pregnancy Care Center now just a little over four years. I've met with many women over the last four years who have had an abortion, and not one of them views that as a positive choice for their life. Think about that. In this country, since 1973, there have been over 58 million abortions. Almost 60 million abortions in our community. I mean, in our country. Now, in our state of South Carolina, we've done a great job over the years of really trying to lower that number of abortions in our state. We've done some great work. Since 1991, the abortion rate in South Carolina has dropped by 58%. Isn't that awesome? But here's the fight I'm in. One's too many. Right? When will we let it bother our hearts enough and burden us enough that we say even one abortion is one too many? When will we do that, church? Because if the church doesn't start fighting for people instead of fighting against them, we will never end abortion. But it is my belief that churches like yours and other great churches in this community, in this county, you care, right? You care you wouldn't be here this morning. You knew the pastor wasn't going to be here today, right? How many of y'all knew Adam wasn't going to be here today? And some other crazy girl was going to be up here talking to y'all about something that you already knew about, right? But let me tell you, you cared enough to come. And when you care enough to come, maybe you'll be inspired to act. Because when we get excited enough to fight for people that we do not know, then we'll see abortion ended in our community. How many of y'all believe right now that we can end abortion as we know it in our community? We can do it. Let me tell you why I believe it. I believe we will end abortion in our community, and I believe we'll do it one client at a time, one mommy at a time, one baby at a time, one family at a time, and we will do it because we share Jesus with every client every time they visit Foothills Pregnancy Care Center. We will not end abortion through the laws of the land, but we will end abortion through the heart of a person. Can we get excited about that? Can we get excited? Can we get excited enough to fight on our knees? 
We need to fight on our knees for these women who are coming to our center. And let me tell you, they are coming. They're coming. This past year, we were up over 30% in the number of clients we served at Foothills Pregnancy Care Center. 30%. Business owners in here, how many of you would love to see your sales go up by 30%? Right? Let me tell you, we might serve every client for free, but every client we serve for free costs us something. It costs us about $1,000 to serve one client well. And let me explain to you what it means to serve one client well. That means from the moment they walk in for their pregnancy test through about the first 12 to 24 months of that child's life, we want to serve them well. Most of the young women who are coming to us for care and services, they don't have a clue of who Jesus is. They don't have a clue of what family looks like. And so we are introducing to these young women and men a new normal. Here's your new normal. Your new normal is you are not destined to repeat that cycle in your family. You are not destined to repeat. There's nothing that breaks my heart more, and I want you guys to understand why it breaks my heart. I've got a 30-year-old getting ready to be grandma, celebrating the fact that her 15-year-old's pregnant. There's a cycle there, a very unhealthy cycle there. There's no father in the picture. Dads, we need you. Let me just speak to you for a second. Dads, we need you. I was blessed to grow up in the home where my dad was always in the home. He was not always the best disciplinarian. My mama took care of business. I'm just going to tell y'all. She's, I, y'all can ask my mama. She's not here today, but if she's here, she'd, she'd give you a testimony. My mama spanked my rear end every day. And I earned every single one of them, okay? And some mornings she'd just say, hey, you want to just go on and get it done now? Get it out of the way. You want to just do it now? But so many of the women that we serve, so many of the young men that we serve, they've never had the benefit of parents in the home who care enough to fight for them on their knees. Church, we have to fight on our knees in prayer. We have to fight this thing out. This is not a fleshly warfare. This is a spiritual battle. This battle for life is like none other that we've ever seen. It is completely different. And if we don't do the hard work on our knees, we will never end abortion. But if we do, and I believe we will, I believe we will end abortion in our community within the next five years. I believe it with all of my heart. Right now, the numbers tell a completely different story, but God's speaking to me. He's speaking through the leadership of the Pregnancy Care Center, and we believe we will see the end of abortion in Oconee County in the next five years. And let me tell you who we is, all right? Because I think a lot of times when people say, hear me say, we will end abortion, they're thinking about, they're going to end abortion in the Pregnancy Care Center. Mm-mm. Let me explain to you who we is, because there's power in that word we. We is number one, God. Right? Me plus God, we. Number two, it's me plus God plus Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We will end abortion. Number three, it's me plus God plus Jesus plus the Holy Spirit. We will end abortion in our community. But ultimately, 
We ending abortion in Oconee County in this community equals me plus God plus our brother Jesus plus the Holy Spirit that lives in us and every church in this community working together to say that every life is holy and entitled to respect not because I say it, not because you say it, but because God's Word says it. And if God's Word said it, I believe it. From the beginning where you have the whole index to the end where you have the map. There's not one word of it that's untrue. And because God's word says that life is holy and life is entitled to respect, I will stand and that is a fight that I will fight with my very last breath. We will end abortion in our community. We will do it. We will do it. You can go to that next slide for me. I've talked a lot about family today. I've talked a lot about the value of family. I've talked to you about who my family is, everybody from the clients and donors of our center. I've talked to you about the, the moms who come in. They're a part of our family. I've talked to you about um, my staff family. I've talked to you about my physical family. But I want to introduce you to the newest member of the Foothills family. I'm not sure if you guys can see this very well, and we'll pull this back up at the very end. But this is a brand new member of our family. Mom came in, not really sure, number one, if she was even pregnant. And number two, if she was pregnant, if she wanted to follow through with the pregnancy. This ultrasound is on a baby who is four weeks and one day. Four weeks and one day. Most people don't know they're pregnant at four weeks and one day. And yet there, there the little baby is. So it's great that we can see the baby. But we can also see this, this little thing over here to the side. It's got all those fuzzy lines under it. That's a heart rate at four weeks and one day. Four weeks and one day. We can see a heart rate. 101 beats a minute is what that says. Is that not incredible? Why shouldn't we use science to prove what we've known all along through the teaching of God's Word, which is life is a life from conception to natural death. Life is life. And that child right there, that child's worth protecting. That, that child, that child's worth promoting. We don't know the end of this story yet. This mom's continued to come to the center week after week. We hope, our hope, is that she will choose life. But she's still very vulnerable. Will you fight for her? Will you fight for the life of this unborn child? When you go home today, when you think about it, when you wake up tomorrow morning before you go to bed tonight, will you say a prayer for this baby? You can go to my next slide for me. Because if you can pray for that baby... One day we'll see a baby just like this one. Let me tell you about Layla. Layla's mom came into Foothills Pregnancy Care Center last year. Her name's Takoya. And Takoya is the most abortion-determined person I've ever met in my life. She actually came to our office believing she could have the abortion done at our office. Well, she came, she had the pregnancy test. And let me tell you, every one of us in that office, we were on our knees praying for her. She didn't know it while she was in there meeting with the counselor. But we were all on our knees praying for her because we knew she was standing at a life and death decision. 
Tacoya, she graduates Clemson in May. And she'll graduate Clemson with Layla by her side. is going to get married to Layla's father, Dewani, in December. They're both joining the military. Tacoya believed that having Layla would ruin her life, that it would end her dreams of becoming a lawyer, that she'd have to drop out of Clemson. And I'll never forget, she came for that ultrasound, and Dewani was with her. And they were in that ultrasound room. And I, I love it when Takoya tells this story because she tells it in a way that I never could. But she says, he held my hand and she was trying to turn her head and look away from the ultrasound machine. And he says, will you just take a look? See, that's, that's Layla right there. Both of those pictures are of Layla. Will you just take a look? And Takoya said Dewani had tears rolling down his eyes. She'd never seen him that way before. And Takoya lay there crying. And these people who were on the teeter, really on the way on the other side, they were absolutely going to have an abortion just from seeing proof, right? What's the difference between that little ultrasound picture of Layla and that picture of Layla out of the womb? About six to eight months See, at the Pregnancy Care Center, we can give people time. That's what they really need, time. Will you pray? Will you pray that God will intervene and give us more time? I think about the decision that Takoya... Takoya, she says her goal now is to become a Supreme Court Justice. That's her goal. This girl's got some goals in life. And you know why she wants to become a Supreme Court Justice? Because when she was in that period, that space of time where she could have made the biggest mistake of her life, somebody was there fighting for her. Somebody was there advocating for her and explaining to her all of the different ways that she could make this pregnancy work. See, Takoya could have made this pregnancy work in many ways. She could have made this pregnancy work by placing that child for adoption. She could have made that pregnancy work by doing what she chose to do, which is to be the parent of her child. She could have made that pregnancy work by engaging others to be her support system. But at all facets, of all points in the game, we're always pointing back to you have a choice. There are options, but there is no option outside of life. Because that option was already made, right? <laughs> That, that option, that choice for life was already made. It was made by God. Aren't you glad that we have truth to stand on? I'm going to finish up by saying this. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We stand against the darkness of this world. It's not always pretty, and we don't win every battle. I wish I could tell you that we win every battle, but we don't. We don't win every battle because not every battle walks in our doors, and we want to figure out how we're missing. Last year, there were 80 women in Oconee County who chose to have abortion, 80. One was too many. One was too many. And when you partner with us, what you're saying is, I believe one is too many as well. I believe that. 
And when you believe one is too many and I believe one is too many and we continue to teach and preach the power of God's authority and this thing that calls, that's called life, you know what? We're going to have victory. And we will end abortion in our community, but we can't do it without you. Let's pray. God, we love you. I thank you for life. I thank you for the fact that I've had the opportunity to walk upon this earth for more than 40 years. I thank you for the fact that you gave me a child to raise in the hope and admonition of the Lord. I thank you for every person who's sitting in this building today. We are all here, God, because somebody chose life for us. Could you just give us a little more time, Lord? Could you give us, could you help us fight for time of the unborn? Would you help us walk from that place where a child is four weeks and one day and there's a heartbeat of 101? God, could you help us? Would you help us, Lord, see them through that nine months and beyond? God, I pray right now for every person who's sitting in this room. God, there's been so much that I've said today. But the main thing I want to imply, the main thing that I want to lift up is that with you, all things are possible. And without you, we can do nothing. We love you, Lord, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.